This is a Demon FM podcast. You are listening to Have You Seen It? with Tom, Ellis and Dan. Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Have You Seen It? podcast. It is me, Tom. And me, Dan. Uh, No Ellis today. Unfortunately not. Deadlines are crazy. Deadlines are looming, as all uni students should well know. Now this is the second out of three special podcasts. Yes, for the Christmas period. For the Christmas period that we're doing. uh, This one, we're going to be focusing on our top five films uh, of the past year. Yes. 2019's been an amazing film. Amazing film, amazing year for films. It has indeed. Um, I agree. With uh, with a load of a load of great releases uh, over the past twelve months, and and yeah, it's just been crazy with everything that's been going on. Streaming has been blowing up majorly. We've had the release of Disney Plus over in America. Many other streaming services have sort of had their things, and of course, you know the uh, the Golden Globes nominations are out. Yes, they are. Uh, at the time, at this time of recording, and yeah, we're looking f- looking through them. We're pretty we're pretty much in agreement. Yeah, a couple of Netflix productions in there, but that's 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 a good thing. To yeah, be. yeah, I suppose so. But it's yeah, it's it's the end. It's the end of the year. It is indeed. It's a time for reflection. What and you know uh, what better what better way to spend your Christmas Eve with us? Yes, chatting about the top films of the year. So we just get into it, I think. I think we should. I actually have a few honourable mentions. Yes, please do. First of all, the first one is Rocketman. Mm-hmm. I definitely really enjoyed. Uh, Taron Edgerton, I think, played Elton John himself really well. I think Elton John actually had a lot to say about the film. I think he was a producer in this. He was a producer, yes. That's he was. Correct. Indeed. Yeah, so Jamie Bell was also really good in it. Richard Madden, which I remember seeing him. Is he in Game of Thrones? I'm pretty he sure. was in Game of Thrones. Yes, he was. That's why, that's why I know him. He was Rob Stark. I didn't actually recognise Bryce Dallas Howard when I was watching it, to be fair. but Neither did I. She was she was good, though. Yes. I really, I, I really like Bryce Dallas Howard. She's, mm. she's very nice. Yeah. Um, but yes, obviously this about a musician who also suffered with substance abuse and is also um, a homosexual man uh, and dealing with that in the 80s, was it? Yeah, 70s. It sort of goes all the way through, Yeah, basically, doesn't it? It goes all the way from his childhood to, I think, around the 80s, 90s period. Yeah, it uh, And I, I did like Taron Edgerton's performance. I thought all the performances were pretty solid. Yeah, Taron Edison's is a is a big standout, but I just didn't like the the film overall. Yeah. I'm so I know everybody does. I know everybody. I know everybody can love the film. It's great that people love this the way that it took Elton John's story and made it into me. But I thought that it was something grating about it. It was just. It was just. It was just. Oh, it's. I think. I, uh, I think it kind of gets points as well for letting Taron Edgerton do some of this a lot of the singing mm. in the song so it's not like just uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody thing where it kind of is just Queen album that's being lip synced yeah I, I I didn't well did I like Bohemian Rhapsody I'd say they're both they're both not very good films the performances are, you know, are great, but the films around them, they're they're not they're not great, mm. um, and that's just my personal cynical opinion, I suppose. But um, that's um, that's Rocket Man. Yes. Yeah. Another honourable mention, please. Yes. Uh, Toy Story Four. Yeah. Um, the obvious, obviously, it's a Pixar film. Uh, Pixar never really go wrong. To be fair, they very rarely go wrong. They've never really released a terrible film planes i mean they didn't release that no no cars 2 that's not terrible it's skirting the line cars 3 again not terrible it was skirting the line (laughs) i actually think cars 3 is better than 2 just because 2 is a bit i did like i did like i did like cars the original cars yeah i I do have a soft spot for that one but as, as of course is the fourth installment of the toy story franchise i have not seen it yet it is um Everyone it, from the original trilogy does well in this film. Uh, there's the return of Bo Peep, which we love 
We love Bo Peep. Mm. But there's also a new character in Keanu Reeves's Duke Kaboom. Yeah. We love Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Just who doesn't at this point? He's had a he's had a um a, a, rena- a renaissance, hasn't he? This isn't even like the first but this isn't the last time he's in my list. No. Um he is in maybe the top five. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But but uh, just Keanu Reeves has such a brilliant year. Yeah. Such a brilliant year, not just for films, but also in video games and other types of media. He's just all around. That's all anybody was talking about in 2019 was Keanu Reeves because it's so unexpected, the things he does. Yeah. So unexpectedly awesome. And just he's such a nice guy as well. Such a nice man. <laughs> uh, Key and Peele are actually quite good in the uh, film as well. Uh, they played uh, uh, characters called Bunny uh, for Peel mm. and Ducky for uh, Key and Michael Key. Obviously, very, very um, original names. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was really good. It's it's just a, a feel good film, I think. Mm. Um, it's not really that. It didn't make me cry, which uh, Pixar are known to do with a lot of films. Yeah. Um, but this one didn't, but I still really liked it. Yeah. You don't always need to weep at Pixar. No, no. But you know, in terms of, 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 of weeping in front of the in front of the cinema screen, I think Toy Story Three has to be the has to be the one. Yeah. The 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 one to close off the trilogy, well, the supposed trilogy, that's what it was back when it was released, but that was uh that was quite an experience. Yeah. Also Inside Out made me that made me feel a lot as well. Mm. As they're very good. Yeah. Right. Um, do we have any more honorable mentions? One last one. Um, John Watts's Spider-Man: Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the MCU. The twenty-third film in the MCU. Yeah. Um, they they haven't really gone wrong so far either. To be fair, other than the Hulk, which was on the edge. Mm. Um, but obviously, Tom Holland. Uh, does a great job Samuel L. Jackson who doesn't love Samuel L. Jackson he's in everything though yeah um, and Jake Gyllenhaal is an excellent addition in Mysterio I thought the ending was really good I don't want to give anything away because mm-hmm. some people might not have seen it still in no the- I haven't seen it I saw Homecoming yes a couple months ago now um, and I I, I kind of I, I kind of enjoyed that um, I don't know. Marvel's just like Marvel is not my thing. Mm. Not you know, I'm not really big into the whole sort of Marvel thing. I'm I haven't seen like the last two Avengers films. I haven't seen like Black Panther. I'm just not a big fan. But um, like the ones that I've I've been seeing like quite regularly and going out like if they're on streaming, I might give myself a watch. And Spider Man was one of the ones that that was well, that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, especially I like Tom Holland. Tom Holland is, is very good. He's a good Peter Parker as well. Yeah. Um, it, right. it, it is very weird that um, straight after this film, um, it was announced that they might not have Spider-Man in the MCU for a yeah. very long. Um, but then literally like a couple of months after it was like, no, actually we're just going to keep him in for until it's finished. Mm-hmm. So it's very weird. Uh, this, this film being, uh, a very big success success yeah and then suddenly we're like do you know what we don't want to work with nah yeah Marvel it's really anymore. it's really weird isn't it like exactly like as soon as the film came out as well that that, yeah. that news broke and it was just like what it, so, it was yeah very very weird but that concludes my honorable mentions mm-hmm. um i had to get those in um to the podcast just because they are very very good yeah but they're not good enough to be in the top five. What are in the top five, sir? Uh, should I go from five? You should go from five, yes. That's how you well, see how it works. Uh, I don't know whether this one's on your list, but my first one is Joker. And what do you like about Joker? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix just plays the character incredibly well. Um, and the ending on the cop car... I'm not going to go too deep into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really good. That scene was very, very powerful. Uh, when he actually... Um, mm, okay, I'm going to want to say it without 
actually saying it uh, when he's on the show, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole part with Robert De Niro is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a very dark, gritty, um, very depressing film. Uh, and it, I was surprised how well it did, to be fair. I didn't expect it to do over a billion dollars. And yet it has. Yes. It has. It's done over a billion dollars since its release on October 4th this year. Yes. Um, it, it did crazily well. Yes. Yes. Still in the top 10. It is. Still in yes. the top. Yeah. Still at number, at number 10. I thought it dropped out just. Like, I thought it was like literally like. 11. No, I thought, oh, well, I think I, I looked might it, said be it was crazy. 10. Um, oh, it. no, it's 11. Oh, it is 11, is it? Uh, when I last saw things can change in the box office so quickly, yeah. can't they? Well, look at the difference between number 10 and number 11. Yeah. $5,000 difference. Mm. Wow. Yeah. But yes, Joker, it lit, it did like 1.05 billion. Yeah. And everybody loves it. Yeah. All those five-star reviews. Well, ten-star reviews. Ten-star ten reviews. Oh. Uh, we're looking at the IMDb right IMDb is, yeah. Which has 43.4% at ten stars. That's brilliant. Out of ten. That's brilliant, that is. It is. I'm very excited to see if they go somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, I know a lot of people would say this is a bit sacrilegious because they're kind of like, don't want there to be one, but I think there could be a sequel mm. that could do very, very well. Yeah. Because we've only saw the origin of the Joker in this movie. Obviously, that's something we haven't really... It it They did it in a way that we haven't seen before. It's We've seen the origin of the Joker before. Yeah. Um, But I want to see where it goes from there yeah i want to see what happens next that'd for be, the joke that'd be interesting it would indeed yeah all right at number four uh are you gonna have, give your number five i'm gonna give my number five right i'll give my number five i didn't have any honorable mentions but i'm gonna go for number five i did before we we before we uh recorded i said i said uh I said uh, I'd have four, but I'd I'd thought of one. And I'll put it at number five, and that is Booksmart. Booksmart is the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, the yes. uh, the actress, uh, and sort of is basically about two sort of two high school nerds who want to get into these really prestigious colleges, uh, and on their on their sort of last day, they want to sort of like let loose have some fun and the results are absolutely hilarious and yeah very very unique is there's a scene in there which i wasn't expecting i won't say what what it is but there's a scene if you've seen it you'll probably know what it is but there's a scene is it in the bathroom yes it is yes that's all we'll say um but I think Olivia Wilde has such a, considering this is her 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 debut, she has a like, she has a knack for comedy. She yeah. knows she's picked the right people. Um, um, what's that? Who's that? Um, oh yeah, uh, Bernie Bernie Feldstein. Yeah. Um, and um, who's the other? Is it is it Karen? No, Caitlin Deaver. Kate, Caitlin Deaver. That's what we say. That those two are f- phenomenal together. Yeah, they really, they really are. You can tell that their friendship means that a lot, and the teen experience. I think this is this is a film that, although they're like really sort of nerdy and a bit, you know, a bit uppity in that, I think you know, like the the film overall encapsulates like the teen sort of sensibilities, like in in today's in today's sort of society um and um there is a character there is a character the posh girl um who's played by uh is it Gigi I think it's I think it's Gigi um I don't remember her surname but she was the like she was as a supporting supporting actress she was fantastic fantastic she was hilarious she stole every scene that she was in and it's just it's just it's just such a good debut 
Yeah, you, it's it's just it's it's just really really good. Um, I laughed. I I had a bit of a some feely moments. Uh, it 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 is a it is a bit is a bit weird, like it does get very like cliche like drawing sort of um, about a quarter of, a quarter of three quarters of the way in. But like apart from that, like the relationship was good, the direction was good, and it's just a solid film overall. Yes. Really, really good. I would agree. Mm. Uh, that that I put that at number nine for me. Yeah. Um. So both on our on our top ten lists at least. Mm. Um. So my number four, uh, is, uh, recently been, uh, what's the word, nominated for a Golden Globe for Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. and that would be Hustlers. Yes. Uh. Obviously. It's it's just a really good film. Yeah, I I haven't like, seen it, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know how good. I've heard really good things about the performances. Yeah, um, and that's about all all I know of the actual film. I haven't actually seen the film. Don't really know the story. Or so Constance Wu uh, plays somebody who is just go, getting into stripping. Mm. Uh, so she's becoming a stripper. She calls herself Destiny. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, plays a veteran stripper. Let's shall we say? Yeah. As in, she's been doing it for a very long time, and she plays a character called Ramona. Uh, and there's loads of other uh, people in there. Uh, Wei Wei Ching Ho does really well as Destiny's grandmother. Actually, mm-hmm. she is a very funny addition. Especially when they have uh, their Christmas meal, mm-hmm. I thought it was very weird just having like loads and loads of strippers, <laughs> and then just somebody's grandma <laughs> in the middle of it. Mm. Um, it made for some good comedy in the middle of that. Um, but yes, there's there is a loads and loads of people in this. There's Cardi B in it for some reason. Uh, who knows why? Yeah, uh, Liz, Lizzo. She's in it. Yeah. Uh, she does well in it for the little part that she's in. Mm-hmm. Very small cameos by um, Lizzo and thankfully small cameo by Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there was a, there was a punchline with, I forgot who the artist was and I really want to know who was now. Oh, I think he was Usher. I'm pretty sure it was Usher. There was like um, a joke where Usher comes into the strip club. Right. And they're playing his song and oh. the fun ensues. I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is just a very good film. Thanks to the performances. Mostly. And that's the, the whole premise is a bit weird to be fair. As in, it's these strippers who hustle uh, men to get their money, um, normally involving drug use. Mm-hmm. But overall, this is a very good film. It deserves a watch. Yeah. It's my number four of the year. I mean, it might go a bit lower. We we, we obviously have December films Yeah, left. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, this is my number four. Okay. For the whole year. Fair enough. Very good. Very good. What is your number four? At number four, I have just forgotten my number four. <laughs> um, no, there was, there were, it was between something and Knives Out because I just, that film was, was, was so good. Knives Out. Yeah. I was, I, I, I just, it was just, it was just, it was just so good. So, yeah, I'm probably, I've, like, if I, if I remember, if I remember the film I was originally going to go for, I'd think about that and give it an honorable mention. But I think Knives Out. Yeah. Because although it's such a, a recent film, um, we just don't get films like this anymore. Yeah. We don't get them set. We probably, if we see these films, we'll probably be, a period piece like yeah. Murder on the Orient Express and later coming up Death, Death on the Nile which is another Agatha Christie uh, 
uh, like re- remake, re-release. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just done in such a way. It's just so well crafted, so well acted. Although some of the actors, some of the characters that like aren't sort of performances are much stronger than others. Yeah. I think the ensemble is really really good. Although although some of the characters might be a bit small, what they do have to work with is really good. Ryan Johnson redeems himself a hundred times over uh, with this with this film. I didn't really like The Last Jedi, but not because I didn't like Star Wars to begin with, but because I just didn't think that it was a great film. Yeah. Um, but he, he redeems himself wholeheartedly here uh, with a unique story written... Is his own story written and directed himself. Um, the acting is amazing, and the set design is something is breathtaking. It's something to behold. You see, like it's set in a big mansion. Yeah, and there's a lot of trinkets, a lot of artifacts there. Just, just a lot of rooms. Uh, just, just a whole load of just things to look at. It's a sort of like a marvelous film for like little little details. Um, Daniel Craig steals the show um with his with his ludicrous accent yeah and it's it's just such a fun i don't see these films too much anymore but it's just such fun yeah it's just such fun you're in it you're in you want to know like you have the premise you have the setup and you going along thinking oh what's going to happen and it it gives you twists and turns likes which you probably like would see coming in any other film but like in this film it sort of does it in a really modern clever way um you just don't get films like this anymore and yeah sure you do get the murderers on the orient expresses and all those sort of like classic retellings and that but you just don't get anything original yeah too original that uh um, gets right into you and I, I saw this a couple of weeks back now and it's still on my mind and yeah that is my number four Ryan yeah. Johnson's Knives Out well uh, on to number three for me uh, which is a film that I think we both have on our list mm. and that is Midsummer. Uh, where is this on your list this is going to be number two Two, okay. So I'm spoiling your list by picking this as my number three. Mm. Um, so this is my number three and Tom's number two. Ari Aster, um, who did make I've got what is it, Hereditary? Hereditary. Yes. Which uh, was a very good film from twenty eighteen. Can't go too wrong with A twenty four. Um they have had some Great successes. Very much so. Mm. Especially in the awards market. Um, but this, Florence Pugh, which I'm I'm going to say it like that. I don't know. Florence Pugh is fine, right? Yeah. That's good then. Mm. Well, really plays Danny. Mm. Um, and I really liked her performance in the role. She did very well in the... Because it is supposed to be a horror film. Yes. All the way. She did well portraying the horror of the situation that she was in um especially when the first weird thing happens with the old couple i don't know yeah you know what I'm yeah talking i know about. what i'm talking about yeah that was terrific very graphic um i was kind of expecting it though just because i'd heard a lot of rumors people being like oh i've been sick because of this film like, mm. that always is a bit weird to me because like I never really get what they what they are trying to get from saying that yeah unless it actually I, I don't believe it actually happened normally mm. yeah um I mean I didn't have a very strong reaction to to yeah. that, but maybe I'm just desensitized to it yeah <laughs> desensitized to such violence yeah Jack Rayner he was really good in it as well as the um person you love to hate yeah the boyfriend yeah Christian. um there was a scene in there in a barn that was very very weird uh i don't know whether you you remember that barn i remember that part it is seared into my brain very very weird oh yes 
Um, but I couldn't quite take my eyes off it. It was really weird. Yes. That's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> I was like, this is really, really weird and creepy and I kind of want to yeet out. But yeah. Oh. I can't stop watching because yeah. it's just so good. Mm. The film. Yeah, that is. Uh, Will Poulter, I remember him from some young adult um, stuff. Yes. He um, was in, what was he? Is he in Hunger Games? I think he was in Divergent. Or Divergent. One of the two. It is definitely one of the two. Um, the oh, Maze, Maze Runner. Maze Runner. Oh. None of the t- wow. none, none of the two. None of the two. But you know that just goes to show how how much like these young adult films blend in nowadays. Yeah. Um, but it's not such a craze anymore. Really weird. Yeah. Um, but um, I suppose after the Hunger Games died out, it's just like yeah, not much stake in it. Anyway, Midsummer. Yes, I just really enjoy this film. I really enjoy the setting as well. Yeah. Like, the setting is visually stunning. Mm. Uh. I actually went to Sweden not long before I mm. saw this film. Yeah. It wasn't as weird as they portrayed it to be. Yeah. Uh, fortunately. Though, although it was only in Stockholm. Yeah. So. No, you just had to go out to the, one of those massive fields. Yeah. Maybe maybe you'll change your mind then. Yeah, but uh, everyone did a really good job with this. Ari Aster, I'm excited to see what he does next. Yep. This and Hereditary has just made me a big fan of Ari Aster. Mm. And I was already a big fan of A24, so. Yeah. All right. What did it's... you think about it? Well, so say my number three. Because that's your number three, isn't it? I think we should. Is that your number three? It is. But I feel like we should go through your number two now just because it is the same film. Oh, uh, Okay. All right. Um, this film it kind of changed, maybe maybe it mentally scarred, damaged me uh, in, a, in a weird way. I, it was better. I thought it was better than Hereditary. Hereditary is very good, very very creepy, uh, and very poignant. But this one just hit on a whole another level. Everything in it, everything, all the camera work. Um, like the cinematography, uh, the 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 acting, all of the acting, even through like the cult, um, the the man who brings him into the cult, he was very good as well. Sort of the cult, sort of the, the cult guide uh, person. Um, it's just, it's just, I I took my brother to see this, and my brother doesn't know anything about Ariasa or any of like doesn't hasn't seen Hereditary, and we just sat there. Just, just he was sat there, and I looked at his face, and he was just horrified of what he was seeing. Like he came out, just like, what did I just watch? And I was like that as well. I was like, what, did this, what, what is this? But it's it's just so it takes so many like risks for like a like it's a twenty four, so it's a little bit more of a. It's not like a big. Big main, big mainstream film. I mean, I, I guess how the term mainstream nowadays, but um, like it's it's one of the, it's one of those films that gets under your skin. Um, everything like you expect a horror film to be dark and dingy, but it's just so bright, yeah, and nice looking that it distracts you from the horrors that you witness on screen a lot of the time. And the the barn scene was really one that stuck with me i'm not sure for the right right reasons or 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 whatever i came out discombobulated uh, but i now have it on blu-ray now and i can't wait to watch it in its director's cut form because i've got the director's cut version i want to see if anything's been changed from once i last saw it yeah it was a while ago since i saw it midsummer yes uh i do think it's also a very good case study on grief Yes. Uh, which I'm sure a lot of people have brought up because that's not an original standpoint. No, no. It's um, just the way the way it deals with grief in from the first bit to the last bit, there's yeah. a real change. There's a, I won't say much of it, but you, you'll understand if you take us this away saying it's a great, it's a great portrayal of grief and what grief can do to to a person, and the st- and the stages. You see this film and you'll know what we mean. And the ending was perfect. Oh, the ending was great. I love the ending. It was yeah. weird and wonderful and amazing. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. So we'll move on to your number three. Yes. Doing this kind of backwards, but whatever. At number three for me, it is Joker. Um, a lot of a lot has been said about this film. A lot of positive stuff, a lot of negative stuff, and a lot of uh, psychological things. This film showed me a a a Joker and a and like a character in a way that I've never seen him before. Not even the Dark Knight did Joker like like this it sure it went into the bit of his psychology but not in this way not in this way and i think the way that the film is presented it looks nothing like any of the modern comic book films we have now um it represents such a shift in the way we probably perceive super like super villains uh, and comic book films in general um had such a such a like profound effect on me um i was i was sat bolted to my seat yeah throughout the entire film i didn't even sort of get up i was just so engrossed the, the best thing about this the best thing about this film is of course uh Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck uh or Joker and he's just gives such a magnetic performance. It's just like beyond the realms of just anything else I've seen this year. It just goes so deeply into the the psychology, and like, and the whole thing is that the Joker is a mystery. This film is just a version of what it could be, and it's just fantastic. Shouts out to the um the to the composer of the music as yes. well, um, who created such a spine tingling score. Uh, and a score that has sort of so different and so creepy that I, I haven't heard, um, I haven't heard anything like it apart from my number one, which we will come to. Yes. Um, but um, at number two for you, this is two. Yes, it is. John uh, Wick three. John Wick chapter three, Parabellum. Uh, it is one of the best action films I've ever seen. Um, Keanu Reeves continues to have amazing fight choreography. Like some of the thing, some of the fights that happen in this film are just it. It's it shows what amazing choreographers and fight people and stunt coordinators can do. Um, it is just a showcase of how action can look in film. Yeah, and still doesn't. Yeah. And still doesn't. Uh, Halle Berry also joins uh, the cast as um, a long-lost friend of John Wick. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the friend is the right word. It's not really friend. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Halle Berry does really well. Um, the dogs. Oh, the dogs. Shout out to the dogs. Got a, it's John Wick. Can't yeah. talk about it can't talk about john wick unless you're talking about dogs as well how they they have to like train those dogs really really well yeah to get them to bite people like that mm. um what, what do you think of this because this is the third film in the trilogy what, what do you think of this uh as opposed to the others the first and the second i think they just keep getting better mm -hmm. uh the first one was really good uh, second one was a tiny bit better than that. Yeah, and this third one I think is a tiny bit better than the second one. So it keeps going. So we're kind of getting a a, a new Planet of the Apes trilogy sort of vibes from this because yes, yeah. Well, there is going to be a fourth one. Yes, uh, in twenty twenty one, which I'm very excited for. Mm -hmm. It's they have a stellar cast as well. It's just like Ian McShane, um. Lawrence Fishburne as the man who it's not the one who pretends to be homeless is the bird man type person. Yeah. He, he likes birds a lot, carrier pigeons. Um but yes, it, it it's just the action starts from the beginning as well, which is mm. really good. Yeah. Because you just want to get stuck in when it comes to a John Wick film. Mm-hmm. And no messing about. 
No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just an amazing film. I'm very excited to see what they do next. Fair enough. You know, I haven't seen any of the John Wick films. You need, they're on Netflix. You should. I know, but I can only find two. I can only find yeah. chapter two. I can't find the, Chap- I can't find chapter one. Chapter one, I'm pretty sure it is on still. Is it? Well, I, can, I, think I, haven't, so. I haven't found it. Well, if I can find it, I'll, I'll watch it and two and then, and then three. Because uh, I know I've got to. I've missed out on, on these films. Yeah. I think number three is coming out on Netflix later in December. Mm. Uh, even though it, it came out in May here. Yeah. So that's a very, very quick turnaround. It is, yeah. <laughs> to Netflix. Yeah. Which is actually a really good thing because that means more people get to watch it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that is Dan's number two. Yes. Is John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Now, um, I have an honorable mention. I I I realized what this what this I remembered what it was. Yes. Uh it is um the farewell um with Orcafina, um, directed by Lulu Wang. Uh and is about the uh is about basically sort of based on a sort of a well, the tagline is based on an actual lie. Which I think is very, very funny. It's basically about a family whose grandmother is um, has cancer, but the thing is that the family, the family know, but the family don't want to tell her uh, yeah. that it's cancer. And so, instead of that, they go to they go to um, they go to China to uh, like organize um, a wedding for her. I think it's her one of like one a son or grandson. Yeah. Um, in order to in order to stop her from finding out that she, she might die, I just found this film incredibly moving, incredibly moving. Um, and I haven't been faced, thank God, with a family member who has has had this happen to them. Um, uh, but it's it's just it's it's just so so beautiful. So beautiful that the, the, uh, you know, the, the cinematography and like all the technical stuff isn't really anything to sort of like marvel, like big marvel. It's just the story. It's just the story and the characters and how the, those, uh, those aspects of it evolve and change throughout. Aquafina is, is stunning in this film, uh, as well as everybody else who does an amazing, who do an amazing, amazing job. Um, the soundtrack is, is beautiful. Uh, and it, you know, it, it gave me, it gave me the feels. It did really did like, and during, like during the end, I might've shed a tear or two. Um, it's just such a personal story based on sort of the director's part of the director's like life. Uh, and it's just like for her to sort of have, like make a film about her experiences and show it in a way that is so so grounded and you know is very enclosed uh is such such a great achievement part of it is in america like part of it is like in american english and part of it is in chinese mandarin cantonese maybe um so like you're gonna have like like there's a bit of like english dialogue and then there's a bit of like no English subtitles, so you're gonna to have to get through that if you don't if you don't like that. But if you can get into the story, if you have like if it like even if like you have like it, it, the criteria of just you just having a family, you'll feel something. You'll definitely feel something. Uh, this is another A twenty four film, um, and it is it is a beautiful film. It is uh, Lulu Wang's The Farewell with Aquafina. Yes. Well. I think I'll move on to my number one. Yes. Which I know you definitely won't agree with. Uh-huh. Um, because it is Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Uh, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Yeah. The Russo brothers, if you will. Yes. Um, because that's what they are. That's what um, they are. It is one of the most ambitious blockbusters I think I've ever seen from Disney, at least. I would I would second that. Even though I haven't it, really seen it, I'd 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 second that. It is massive. It it's just a bit just a tiny bit over three hours. Mm. 
It's three hours and one minute. Oh. Um, so you're in for a marathon. Still shorter than the Irishman. Um, but after Infinity War, which I'm going to go into spoilers for Infinity War just because it came out last year and everyone's seen it anyway. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know what happens. Yeah. Um. So Thanos wins, basically, and he snaps his fingers and half of all life in the universe is dusted away. Yeah. So after this, the first 20 to 30 minutes of this film is just dealing with the aftermath of half of the people in the world are dead. Mm. We're all depressed. Yeah. Um, and it, it skips to five years later. That's pretty big chump. Yeah, which obviously in the cinema, when you're when you're watching the film, obviously it just happened, and then you see the screen goes black. Mm-hmm. You just see something that says five years later. You're like, what? What the actual yeah hell is going on? But does it work? It works very well. Right, as long as it works, it, it it's this film is probably one of my favorites of all time. Anyway, okay. Um, at least in the top ten, maybe mm. maybe top five. Yeah. Um, but that is also down to the performances. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Tony Stark or Iron Man, mm. if you will. Yeah. I won't say what happens at the end, but it's very emotional. Um. And obviously, it does a lot to show a war between mm-hmm. uh, the living race in on the earth and Thanos and his little army. Yeah. Well, quite a big army. Mm. But, um, there is a lot of superpowers going on in that scene. There is a lot of, there's just a, a ton of things going on and, and, and it's a spectacle to watch. Uh, this whole it it looks like a comic book that's basically the best thing I can say about it it looks like an actual comic book which is technically the goal of a comic book film is to look like a comic book yeah and it really really does um, there's also um, a scene on uh, another planet um, I forgot what it's called, but when they're trying to get the soul stone, yeah, is all I'm gonna say. Okay. That was very, very emotional. Yeah. We, yes, yes. <laughs> I was very close to tears. You're very close to film. tears, right? Yeah. Uh, not only during that scene, but also at the end. Yeah. When you know that this is the end of all of it, this is the it's end. Not the it's, end it's not the end of all of it, but it's the end of this saga. <laughs> This yeah. thing that's been building up for over 10 years at this point. Yeah, 11 years. 11 years, 10, 11 years has come to an end. Yes. And I can understand a lot of people like yourself have a great stake in that, a great yeah. emotional stake in the characters and in the stories. And that's wonderful. Yeah. But I watch these films and I, don't, and I, and I want to care, but I just, I just don't. I've seen a couple of, I've seen phase, all of phase one, most of phase two. Uh, and everyone I, everyone I watch, I, I feel myself, yes, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. They, they, they do really, really good job. They know what people want, but I just can't get myself emotionally invested in it for some like, maybe it's because I don't like really read comic books. I, I haven't had that. I haven't had that big build. Comic books weren't a big thing in my childhood, which probably was for you and a great deal of other people. Really. Great deal of other people. Yeah, other people. Yeah, but um, even in the films, I didn't have that. I didn't have that emotional connection, um, which I wish I wish that I did. And I still watch. I still watch the films and 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 really and really like them, but. Just something that emotional sort of disconnection is will sort of hold me back from absolutely loving the films because I just just don't have it. It's great that other people feel and pour their investment 
into these characters. I think phase three is where it kind of got confident with what it was putting out mm. um, because it started to experiment a little bit with um, uh, Thor Ragnarok, Black yeah. Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, also Ant-Man. Because mm. uh, if you, if like 10 years ago you made a film called Ant-Man, not really many people would watch it. Yeah. Because not many people know who that is. Yeah. But then... Not a lot of people knew who Iron Man was either. Yeah, in 2015, when you actually brought it Ant-Man, thanks to like... Seven years? Seven years-ish, yeah. At the MCU. And it made like $500 million. It It really is a testament to how big the MCU has become. Mm. Just because the, the MCU now have the highest grossing film of all time mm-hmm. with Avengers Endgame. Which mean Disney do. Hooray yeah. for them. I mean, technically now they actually own Avatar as well. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's going to be interesting. But James Cameron is another debate altogether. What he's what he's doing is a whole other thing. Anyway, Avengers Endgame. Yes, big standout yeah. of the year. It is Dan's favourite of the entire year it came out early didn't it, it came out like April May, April yeah a, late, really late April 26th I think yeah um, but yes very very good it 2.8 billion dollars 2.8 billion dollars yeah. that is crazy yeah that's madness but you know it's the last in the saga people are gonna see it yes. and we're starting a new saga now yeah uh, to be fair it comes the same year as the last in the saga for Star Wars as well. Yeah. And I feel like this one is much, much bigger. Um, mm-hmm. As in, like, I don't think Star Wars is going to do anywhere close to 2.8 billion. It will do a billion, but I don't think it'll be two. No, not at all. Yeah. It's not really... It, yeah, that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes. Anyway, that Amazing. is Dan's number one film of the year. That is Avengers Endgame. Now, my favorite film of the year is a little bit off the beaten beaten track, and I I was debating whether this actually was my favorite of the year, and thinking about it, it has to be. It is uh, Alejandro Landes's Monos, the Colombian film, um, which I talked about at at length a couple of a couple of weeks ago yes, when I re- when I reviewed it. Um, so uh, go back and listen to my review if you want to, if you want an like a more in depth thing. But it's just an astonishing achievement. It's just you just look at it, and you're transported away to a different place altogether. It's one of the most transported, like trans, like transcendent, transportative like films. I might have ever seen um, because, you know, it's set on a gorgeous, gorgeous location. Most of it is on a mountaintop, uh, focuses on a group of young uh, guerrilla soldiers fighting uh, like a mysterious, uh, for like, who are fighting for a mysterious organization, only known as the organization, fighting a, a weird like little sort of civil war that you have no idea what, you have no idea what's going on half the time, but you're, in it for the world you're in it for the characters although there's quite a lot of them there's like six or seven of them in total every one of them is 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 given a, a great uh, a great a great moment or two and um just just um alejandro landis's direction is just impeccable he he and the cinematographer um i think his name is a uh, wolf um is 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 just a thing of beauty. Everything about everything about the way the film looks, the way the film is acted, it has one of the most terrifying performances of the year. Um, in um, I think his name is uh, uh, Salazar. Um, uh, he he plays the sort of the the sort of the commander of of these child guerrilla soldiers, uh, and it's just a fantastic film all around if you haven't it came out like it came out in the uk like on the 25th of october and went fairly and went fairly quickly i saw it at 
Phoenix a couple of weeks later after that in November, and I was just I was just blown away. I was just blown away by by how absolutely fantastic, how visually astounding it was, and how like how the score um, uh, by uh, Mika Mika Levy. Um, uh, there's his score is is just one of the most baffling things I think I've heard in the film. Maybe even period. It's, it's it's really really odd, but it's really good. That is Monos. If you haven't seen it, when it comes out on streaming or on on DVD, go have a look at it, and you will understand what I what I say. Uh, it's just it's just that good i can think of no other film this year that has given me like such a such a such an experience at the cinema than monos it's just excellent amazing yeah have you seen have you seen the trailers for it no go back and watch it like a single trailer for it and then and then come back to me and say yes i want to see it because you've just you're just like yeah, you're just agape, you're open mouth throughout the whole thing. It's a confusing story. You don't really know what's going on most of the time, but if you stick with it, uh, it unravels. It unravels in an interesting way, and is just brutal and beautiful all the same time. Yes. So to recap. Uh, very very quick recap my top five was five number joke number five was joker number four was hustlers number three was midsummer number two was john wick chapter three parapellum and number one for me was avengers endgame and what was your list uh number five was booksmart yes indeed number four was i think uh I'm not quite sure. What did I say? Knives Out. Knives out. Yes. That's right. Number three was Joker. It was indeed. And number two was Midsummer. Yes. And number one was Monos. Indeed. Yes. Um, two good lists. Two good lists. I mean, same shame Ellis wasn't 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 here on this one, but he's yeah. he's uh he's uh, drowning in deadlines. Drowning in deadlines, shall we say he's yeah. So he's he 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 has the right to sit this one out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's coming to the end of the year. Everybody's got deadlines. Sure. It's Christmas you, tomorrow. Is basically, yeah. Uh, everybody's got deadlines over this. I know I have. Uh you probably do as well. Yeah. It's just the life of glamorous life of a uni student. It, it never ends, does it? Indeed. But thank you. And for, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us ramble on about our favourite films of the year. It has been the have you seen it podcast with a special broadcast uh, f- uh, for this Christmas Eve and uh, uh, with that uh, we it is it is a good goodbye from me and a goodbye from me and a Merry Christmas yes Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us here at the uh, have you seen it podcast including Ellis yeah and uh, that uh, and that means it's time to wrap up the show so Indeed. thank you very much and goodbye Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.